Kamusta listeners, and welcome to Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Alastair Murden. This show examines irrational rituals we pass down through generations through the lens of short stories and explains how these beliefs shape our behavior. Today's superstition comes to us from the island nation of the Philippines. The country is rich with superstitions, born from a blend of indigenous Filipino cultures and Catholic influence. So it's not surprising that many of those beliefs center around death, funerals, and spirits. One particular tradition is called Pagpag, which literally means to shake off dust or dirt. The belief is that you should not go straight home after a funeral or a wake, lest an evil spirit attach themselves to you and follow you home. Instead, many Filipinos stop for fast food or coffee to throw the spirits off their trail. Some adherents go so far as to change their clothes before walking inside their house, anything to keep the evil of death from following them inside. We all want to honor funeral traditions, especially if they're important to the deceased. But sometimes, life gets in the way. Come, be a fly on the wall as we see just how important Pag Pag can be. Be warned, this story contains depictions of death, gore, and insect-related horror. Listener discretion is advised. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free, exclusively on Spotify. Coming up, we discover what happens when you skip the Starbucks run. Dino leaned close to his 10-year-old son, Angelo, so the priest wouldn't hear him. Subterranean, he whispered, keeping his eyes locked straight ahead. Angelo stuck his tongue out, something he only did when a word puzzled him. After a moment, Angelo whispered back, S-U-B-T-E-R-R-A-N-I-A-N. Wait, no, E-A-N. Dino nodded in approval. Funerals were hard on kids, Dino knew that. Even harder when they were halfway around the world in a place wholly unfamiliar to them. Dino supposed that was his fault. He hadn't brought Angelo home to Manila since he was a baby. But in the days leading up to Dino's mother's funeral, the family had more than made up for it. He wasn't sure if Angelo could take much more of the parade of cousins, aunties, neighbors, and friends. The extra attention heaped on Angelo didn't make up for it, though. Dino still felt a lingering sense of guilt. Back in New York, it was easy to get caught up in the city grind. There, he literally felt like monthly calls with the family back home were enough for Angelo to get to know where he came from. Here, face to face with his mother's casket, Dino couldn't escape the fact that, because of him, Angelo barely knew his grandmother, Lola Altea, at all. And in just a few hours, he'd be taking his son away again. Dino nervously checked his watch. Eight hours, and they were back on the plane. He leaned in again, wanting to distract himself as much as Angelo. His eyes landed on the gold cross behind his mother's coffin. Okay, now a hard one. Catechism. After the service, Dino and Angelo stood at the front of the church with Eva, Dino's sister, in the receiving line. 
The three of them greeted friends and family, shaking hands and giving hugs. After hours, the wave of visitors finally trickled to a stop. Eva asked Dino and Angelo if they were going to join the family for a pug pug. What's that? Angelo asked. Eva shot Dino a look. He sighed. He knew he should have taught Angelo more about their traditions. He explained it was something you did after a funeral. Everyone stopped for fast food or coffee together. Kind of like a reception. Eva cut in, kneeling down to get on Angelo's level. It's not just a reception, Angelo. If you go straight home from a wake or funeral, then evil spirits will follow you inside. You have to shake them off your trail. Some people even believe you need to change your clothes before going home so that the spirits don't hide in your pockets. Angelo thought for a moment. Is it P-A-G-P-A-G? Dino nodded. He glanced at his watch. Somehow the funeral had stretched on for six hours. It was nearly time for them to go to the airport. Dino apologized to Eva even as he pushed Angelo towards the door. Skipping one meal with the family wouldn't do any harm, right? After all, Eva was flying into New York a few days after them, so he promised her that they could have a delayed pug pug then. Eva crossed her arms on her chest and shouted after him, Remember what happened last time you ignored our superstitions? Dino shuddered. He remembered that summer he spent in Bantok House, a dwelling specifically designed to break Filipino taboos. He remembered the hissing, slithering weight of a pit viper falling on his shoulders, the terror that paralyzed him even today when he saw a garter snake, but he couldn't miss the flight. He yelled back, We have to get back for Angelo's spelling bee this week. I'm sorry, I'll get us something to eat on the road, I promise. When they arrived at the busy airport terminal, Dino cursed under his breath. They'd have to race to make the flight. So many years in New York, he'd forgotten how bad Manila traffic could get. Angelo stopped short as they passed by a Jollibee, a Filipino fast food restaurant. Dad, he said, you said we'd stop for food. Can we get some here? Dino sighed. If they didn't get a move on, they would miss the flight. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a paper bag. He reached inside, producing a small spongy cake and handed it to Angelo. We don't have time. Here, I grabbed some food from the church. Eat this mamon. Angelo didn't answer. He was still looking into the Jollibee, staring at something in the distance. Dino followed his gaze and for a split second saw a familiar pair of glasses. It was the spitting image of his mother sitting at the counter. But he blinked and the woman was gone. Dino shook it off and started walking again. Come on, Angelo. Angelo waved to the strange woman at the Jollibee. Then he followed his father to the plane. After nearly 20 hours on a packed plane, it was good to be home in New York. The night was warm, but felt like a cool bath compared to the weak and humid Manila. Dino and Angelo trudged up the stairs to their fourth floor walk-up and dumped their bags on the couch with a satisfied sigh. Angelo headed into the bathroom as Dino began putting things away. The clothes could wait, but Angelo's notebooks, his spelling word lists, needed to go in his backpack for school in the morning. Dino dug through his luggage, pulling out shoes and toiletries. He stopped when he found a very squished-looking package, the doggy bag from the funeral. Ah oh, well, 
Squished mamon still tasted delicious. He stood up and put it in the small fridge. From where he was standing, he could see Angelo looking intently at something in the bathroom mirror. The boy's mouth moved as he whispered something. What are you doing? Practicing words? Dino asked. Angelo looked up, startled, and after a moment, nodded his head. Yep, just got a little stuck on A-N-N-I-H-I-L-A-T-E. Dino smiled and turned away. He didn't see Angelo turn back to face the mirror, and he certainly didn't see the pair of bespectacled eyes that stared back at the boy. The next day felt strange to Dino. Well, the first day back from the Philippines was always weird, settling back to work after visiting with family, but the whole day at work, it felt like a storm was building. Dino just couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. Oxygenate, he shouted as Angelo came through the door after school. O-X-Y-G-E-N-A-T-E, the boy responded without skipping a beat. I'm hungry, Dad. We got any snacks? Dino swung open the refrigerator door and spotted the doggy bag. I think we've still got a few mamon left if you want... Oh! Dino yelled in disgust and dropped the bag to the floor. Something dark squirmed inside. A fist-sized mass of insects wriggling and twitching spilled out onto the floor. Angelo, get the broom! Dino shouted as he grabbed the kitchen trash can. The bugs on the floor writhed, trying desperately to extricate themselves from each other. Dino eyed them with disgust, nervous that if they got free, they'd scatter into the cracks and crevices of the apartment. Angelo, however, was unfazed. He lined up like a golfer at a tee, calmly shunting the skittering insects into the dustpan. In seconds, he managed to get them all into the trash can. Seeing his father's disgust, he even took the bag out to the dumpster. When he got back, Dino was raging about how much they spent on rent, but he stopped in his tracks when Angelo held something out to him. It was an enormous centipede, curled up dead. Angelo said, This is no New York City bug, Dad. I think this came from back home. By the time they triple-checked everything they brought back from the Philippines for more insects, Dino thought he figured out what happened. Some of the local wildlife must have hitched a ride overseas in the food from the funeral. Thankfully, it didn't seem like any other creepy crawlies made it through customs. That night, every itch, every movement of the breeze from the windows felt like something crawling on them. Nevertheless, Dino and Angelo both sunk into an uneasy sleep. Around one in the morning, Dino awoke with a start. Something sounded like it was hissing. Of course, the radiator is on the fritz again, Dino thought as he shuffled groggily toward the kitchen, rubbing the sleep from his eyes. When he flipped on the kitchen light, he screamed. The entire floor, as far as the eye could see, was a writhing, squirming, undulating mass of insects. Up next, Dino bugs out. Robbing trains, rustling cattle. Pop culture usually depicts the Old West as an uncharted land with no rules. 
But how much of that is true? Now you can find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales in the Spotify original from ParCast, Wild Wild West. Every Thursday on Spotify, settle up to the saloon to hear about the American frontier's most ruthless outlaws and heroic gunslingers. Wild Wild West features a compilation of episodes from shows across ParCast Network and focuses on the legends that help shape American culture. From sharpshooters and explorers to family feuds and lost treasure, the West has a history more complex than you know. Don't be a yellow belly. Follow Wild Wild West free and only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Yeah, I'll spray if you want me to, but I'm telling you, I don't see any sign of any bugs. It was now three in the morning, and Dino shivered in his robe as he listened to Eddie, the exterminator. Eddie explained he hadn't found any signs of roach nests or ant holes. Dino shook his head. I'm telling you, these weren't roaches. They were huge jungle bugs, and they were everywhere. Eddie scanned the visibly bug-free kitchen and shrugged. Look, I'll put some traps around here, and then I'll go have a poke around the building basement. If you got bugs coming in, it'll be from down there. Dino nodded. He knew the exterminator must think he was crazy, but those bugs were real. He went into Angelo's room and found his son sitting up in bed with his spelling books. Angelo, it's time to go to bed. You need sleep for the spelling bee tomorrow. Angelo got under the covers as Dino sat on the bed. I'm sorry, Dad. I was just practicing my words with Lola Aldea. He pointed to the mirror that hung on the opposite wall. In it, Dino could only see the reflection of himself and Angelo sitting in bed. He sighed. In all the chaos about the infestation, he hadn't checked in with Angelo since the funeral. Just like him, his son must still be processing his grief, although with a much more vivid imagination than Dino. Maybe his son didn't know Altea that well, but she was still his grandmother. He hugged Angelo tight. Angelo pushed back, asking his dad to listen to him. He really had practiced words with Lola Altea. He wasn't making it up. I know you miss her, Dino said. I miss her too. I promise that I'm going to do a better job keeping you connected to the family back home. Angelo, she would be so proud of you. As Dino left Angelo sleeping in his room, he repeated the promise to himself. Angelo needs his family. I'll keep him connected to home. I swear it. After all the adrenaline of the night, it took forever for Dino to fall back asleep. When he did, however, he dreamt about his mother. She was telling him something, something urgent, but somehow Dino could not understand her. He was trying to get her to repeat herself when it happened. Something heavy, scaly, and all too familiar landed hard on his chest. He sat up in bed, half awake, to find a pit viper staring back at him, and it looked angry. Dino shrieked and leapt from the bed, sending the pit viper flying. His feet crunched on something small and hard, like he'd stepped on a bag of skittles. He looked down to see he'd landed on an ant's nest. 
The Skittles were in fact their exoskeletons. Just like before, the entire floor teemed with pulsing pockets of wriggling insects. While Dino leapt over a particularly large centipede, a knock came at the front door. Dino burst out of his bedroom, only to find that the entire apartment had transformed. Where there was once a grey sectional couch, soft river mud covered the floors and vines crept up the walls. Flies buzzed over pockets of swamp water and snakes slithered across the furniture. Centipedes and beetles skittered across the walls. Dino jumped from one moss-covered hillock to the next, trying to avoid falling into the swamp that was now his apartment. Whatever was going on, this was no normal infestation. The mud squelched underfoot as Dino finally got to the front door. He opened it to find his sister Eva standing on the other side. The smile faded from her face as she glanced into the apartment. You didn't stop for Pug Pug, did you? She said. She shrugged Dino aside and forged forward into the swamp. When Dino asked her how she knew that, she replied, This is the work of evil spirits. They probably followed you home from the funeral. You didn't stop to eat, right? Dino explained that he grabbed a doggy bag full of mammon from the church. Eva shook her fist at him. Even worse! Bad luck follows that too. I bet you didn't even change your clothes before you came inside the apartment. Dino looked sheepish. She was right. Where's Angelo? Eva asked, and Dino felt a pang of fear. Where was Angelo? He'd been so caught off guard by the swamp in the living room, he hadn't checked on his son. Dino rushed to Angelo's room. He sighed in relief. Thankfully, it looked like Angelo was right where he'd left him, curled up in bed, sleeping. Dino called his name softly, trying to wake him gently. Angelo didn't respond. Dino placed a hand on his shoulder, but again, nothing. Strangely, his shoulder felt less solid than normal. Dino's heart shot into his throat. No. With mounting horror, he reached for the edge of the blanket and in one sharp movement, ripped it back. A pulsing mass of jungle insects writhed in Angelo's bed. Fat grey worms wriggled across the bedspread. Beetles with large, sharp-looking pincers marched toward the floor. Giant centipedes skittered much too quickly away from the lights. And on the pillow, where Angelo's head should have been, was a large, pulsating ball of dark river leeches. Angelo was gone. Dino turned to find Eva standing in the doorway, her face grief-stricken. Eva, where is he? Where is my Angelo? Dino's voice broke as tears sprang to his eyes. Everything, everything he did, he did for Angelo. And now his little boy was missing. When Eva spoke, Dino could hear the pain in her voice. They have him. Who? He asked, desperate. The spirits, she said. Wherever the evil spirits are nesting, they have him. Dino begged her to tell him how to get Angelo back, but she only shook her head. She didn't know. They could be anywhere. We can do a cleansing ritual to banish the evil spirits from your home, she said. If we burn pore soak and spread the incense smoke all over the house, it will help. 
but if we really want to scare them off, I think we'll need some noise. Dino rushed to the kitchen and retrieved something from a cabinet. Will this work? He said, handing Eva a long rope of bright red firecrackers. I was saving them for Independence Day. Eva smiled and nodded. Perfect, but we have to find Angelo first. If we cleanse the house while they have him, he might be lost forever. A fresh wave of fear tightened Dino's throat, making it hard to breathe. He wouldn't be able to live if he lost Angelo. He needed to find him fast, but he didn't know where to look. Suddenly, Eva pointed at the bedspread in confusion. A group of insects had separated from the mass and formed some sort of pattern. It almost looked like letters. S. U. B. T. It was like a switch flipped in Dino's brain. It was one of Angelo's spelling words. Subterranean. He looked at Eva. I know where Angelo is. Dino gulped as he opened the heavy door to the building basement. The chain to the one light over the stairs dangled uselessly, its bulb having burnt out long ago. Eva nudged Dino forward. She was right. There was no time to be scared. Dino flicked on his flashlight and the two of them inched down the stairs. He couldn't shake the feeling that something was moving just beyond the yellow circles of their flashlight beams. But whenever he whipped his light over to look, there was nothing. Still, in his mind's eye, the darkness of the basement hid thousands of glittering insect eyes, all fixed on them. After swallowing a lump in his throat, Dino stepped down onto the basement floor. Eva followed behind him. Where his flashlight beam fell, he saw a few straggling bugs scurry away from him towards the boiler room at the far end of the cellar. But he focused on the path ahead. The basement was narrow down here, the walls seemingly leaning further inward with every step he took. All of a sudden, Eva gasped. Dino swung his flashlight towards her. He followed her pointing finger to a hand lying on the ground. Angelo, he thought. He rushed to the figure, which lay face down on the cold cement. He rolled the body over, then recoiled in horror. It wasn't Angelo. It was Eddie, the exterminator. At least, what was left of him. His eyes were missing, already food for the maggots that squirmed across his face. Beetles skittered across his chest, trying to escape from the light of Dino's flashlight. As he watched, Eddie's mouth quivered like he was trying to say something. Eddie? Dino thought. How could Eddie even still be alive? Eddie's jaw opened, but no sound emerged. Instead, a long black tongue spilled forth onto the ground. Dino and Eva scrambled backward as it slithered toward them. Snakes, Dino thought, terrified. Why did it have to be snakes? The serpent reared up as high as Dino's hip, bobbing back and forth, fixated on him. It struck at the ground inches in front of Dino's feet, barely missing him. Dino squeezed his eyes shut in fear. With a shout, Eva leapt in front of Dino and swung her heavy flashlight. It connected with a crunch. Dino opened his eyes to see the snake lying limp on the ground, Eva panting above it. He looked back at poor Eddie. 
No more jungle animals ventured from his body. But beyond it, Dino could see something glowing near the back of the basement. Hanging from the ceiling in the back corner was a large, tear-shaped pod that glowed with a sickly green light. Inside, Dino could see the silhouetted shape of a young boy. Angelo, Eva said, echoing Dino's thoughts. They rushed forward to touch the pod. The thing didn't have a solid skin, but instead seemed to be made of layer upon layer of fine, sticky spiderwebs. The outside was covered in a thick, viscous goop. Even though the spiderwebs were gossamer thin, the material still felt hard as concrete. There was no way either of them could break in with their bare hands. But then again, maybe they didn't have to. Dino turned to Eva and asked her if she left the firecrackers upstairs. She smiled and pulled a long string of them from her bag. Dino wrapped the strand of firecrackers around the top of the strange cocoon and lit the fuse. He and Eva rushed around a corner just as the flame reached the first firecracker. As the explosives popped off, Dino watched the walls. Dark shadows of long-legged insects wavered and morphed into strange spirits with clawed hands. They fled from the light and noise of the firecrackers, streaming up towards the basement steps. When it was over, Dino peered around the corner to see that the cocoon was laying on the ground. He rushed toward it, fearing the worst. He and Eva grabbed hold of a crack in its husk and pulled. As it split open, Dino wrenched Angelo free from the wreckage of the pod. The three of them were soaked in goo, but Dino didn't care. He and Eva held Angelo tight like they would never let him go again. You're safe now. Dino said, drawing his son back to look at him. No scratches or cuts. It was like nothing had even happened to the boy. I knew you would come, Angelo said. Lola Altea told me. I was in a different place with her, somewhere warm. And she told me you would never let those bad spirits hurt me. I saw her, Dad. She's been looking after us ever since we got back. Dino believed him. If he knew his mother, he knew she wouldn't let a little thing like death stop her from looking after her family. Back upstairs, Dino and Angelo helped Eva burn incense in every corner of the home. It was poor soak, a tradition Dino remembered his mother performing to cleanse evil spirits from the house when he was a child. The bugs retreated to the small remaining mossy islands they already seemed more hazy and immaterial. The last room that needed purification was the main living room. Eva and Dino stood in the kitchen, each holding a strand of firecrackers. Angelo held a large pot and a hefty wooden spoon. This was it. According to their mother Altea, making a loud enough noise would scare away any evil spirit. Eva nodded to Dino, and the two of them lit their fuses, and threw the firecrackers into the center of the apartment. They yelled with all their might, trying to make as much noise as possible. It was working. As each firecracker exploded, more and more of the spirit swamp faded away. The vines retreated from the walls, and the bugs and snakes dissolved into dust. As the final firework echoed in the small apartment, the very last insect, a large, many-legged centipede, shrank 
until it was no longer than a fingernail, then popped right out of existence. The threat was over. The spirits were gone. A week later, Dino, Eva, and Angelo were dressed in black at another funeral. Eddie, the exterminators. As Eva and Dino gathered their things to go, Dino overheard Angelo speaking with Eddie's wife. He smiled as he realized Angelo was explaining Pog Pog. I know it sounds weird if you're not Filipino, Angelo said, but trust me, you'll be happy you did it. When you're done, we're going to be right across the street holding a Pog Pog for Eddie. As they munched their fried chicken at the Jollibee across from the church, Dino, Eva, and Angelo were excited to see many of Eddie's relatives filtering in. Even Eddie's grandmother, a stoic-looking matriarch in a long black veil, smiled as she tried a bite of frozen halo-halo. Eva turned to Angelo. She was so proud of him. Even after everything that happened, he'd still come in second at his spelling bee. To celebrate, I'm going to teach you how to make your Lola Altea's special Pancid Palabok recipe. Would you like that? Is that P-A-L-A-B-O-K? Angelo asked. When Eva nodded, Angelo laughed and said he would like that very much. Dino, Eva, and Angelo didn't notice the tall man as he emerged from the church across the street. He looked for a long moment at the Jollibee, then decided against it. As he continued down the street, he never saw the single dark centipede that followed in his wake. With the sheer number of Filipino superstitions said to ward off evil spirits, it's surprising there are any ghosts left in the nation. And clothes aren't the only thing that evil spirits can attach themselves to after a funeral. Another common superstition commands attendees not to bring any food home with them to prevent bad luck. But what happens when you, like Dino and Angelo, find yourself with a bad infestation of evil. In most cases, you could call a priest to bless the house, or in more rural areas, a local shaman to drive the spirits out. But if you need to do it yourself, you can use cleansing incense to clear out a home, which in Tagalog is called poor soak. Or you can follow another tradition usually observed on New Year's Day welcoming in the new year with loud noises such as firecrackers or banging on pots and pans is said to drive evil spirits and bad luck away. The through line of all these traditions is that they're about protection. Rituals like Pag Pag speak to our deep fear of the unknown, especially when it comes to death. We all want to believe that things happen for a reason, when disaster strikes randomly, we feel ourselves losing control, so we ascribe the ill fate to spirits. This means our misfortune wasn't random chance, it was caused by something evil. And it gives us the power to use superstition to drive that evil out of our lives. So the next time you travel for a funeral, ask about the local traditions. Given a choice between a Pog Pog and an infestation of evil spirits, well, that's one fast food run you don't 
want to miss. Thanks again for listening to Superstitions. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Nick Johnson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Superstitions was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Adam De Silva and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. Hey, partners, it's Carter from Parcast. You've probably heard stories about outlaw Jesse James, sharpshooter Annie Oakley, and the horrors of the Donner Party. But how much of what you've heard is actually true? Find out on my new series, Wild Wild West, where I head out on the frontier to find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Wild Wild West, every Thursday, free, and only on Spotify.